Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Coastal, hello, yay. Welcome to the second edition. I do not guarantee you'll get the first edition on this. <laughs> uh, we do our best, um, and, uh, but the Holy Ghost sometimes prods ideas, thoughts, uh, examples, and illustrations that he didn't in the first service. So um, praise the Lord. Uh-oh, somebody wants, somebody's late. Oh. Okay, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Listen, the fasting, February, fasting. That's what Coastal does. We kind to you guys. After you've indulged... All Thanksgiving, all Christmas and stuff, we'll give you a month to get your diet sorted out, tailor it down, tweak it, and then we dive into fasting for February. So we would like your names up there when you're committed to fast for a day or from sunrise to sunset, put your name down there. Um, we would like to feed you information that you can pray for as far as the government, the nation, our society, our, our local area, um, the just the bigger picture is that we got with the, every, every month I get with the pastors of the city. And uh, Life Coast has been fasting uh, since the beginning of the year. And um, Epic starts tomorrow. So they, they dive into a fast tomorrow. And so I said, thank you so much, guys. You've tilled the ground. You've helped us uh, pulverize the, the, the realms of darkness. Now we can jump in in February and just cruise through and just fast and pray and bring all the glory into the place. Uh, so we, we, we team up and uh, we do this all together and it's really great that we can do that. So just if you do that, we're also doing the business meeting. The church business meeting is done on the last weekend of every uh, February just because we have our calendar month. Our calendar year starts um, the first weekend of March and that's when our anniversary is and we'll be celebrating 19 years this, this year. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, Life Coast are on 18 years on the exact same weekend. How would you? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a challenge planting a church and uh, pastoring a church in this region. It's got a special Bermuda Triangle uh, challenge in this area. Um, but I'm, I say that jokingly, but it's really serious, the, the toughness of, the, uh, of ministering. And uh, thank you for those that have moved here recently. Thank you for joining us, locking arms with us so we can, the battle may prevail and the kingdom may advance and... And we may create this place where the king has, is ruling and reigning. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, yeah, we're looking forward to have a great year ahead. Um, Barry's not going to be queuing me from the front row. She's going to sort out the teens. She's going to, so I uh, ask your forgiveness beforehand. I don't know what they're going to come out with uh, when she's finished with them, but uh, brace yourself. Hallelujah. Now, Daniel 11.32. Daniel, book in the Old Testament, prophetic Prophetic says, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. We're reaching out from a position of strength and we need to know our God because it's, it's, it's great when you're on the front lines to know the God that whom you serve. And uh, I want to talk into that today. Um, and I'm not talking about knowing about God. I'm not talking about those that have theological degrees and they've gone to seminaries and they've done all that, but they don't know God. You can know all about God, but you don't know Him. And uh, that's what we want to draw you into. It requires a proximity. You have to get close to God, 
Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, God says. So we need to get into a proximity. Adam had that privilege when God created um, the, the earth. He, he walked with God in the cool of the day. Enoch walked with God and then he was no more. He was such a friend of God that God said, no, I'm not sharing you with anybody I'm taking you with. And uh, Enoch wasn't around. And we can say that for Noah, Moses, David, Abraham, all these people had a relationship. And many people that you know, they have a relationship with God and they walk with God. One thing that tests your relationship and your walk with God is storms. <laughs> storms do uh, come in life. I just wanted to let, kind of let you know that on this fallen planet that that, that will happen. It, and Matthew 7.24 says not um, if storms will come, it's when storms will come. It's like hurricanes in Florida. It's when they're going to come. So, um, yeah, you've got physical normal storms and you've got Hurricanes here, you've got uh, blizzards up north, you've got tornadoes in the middle of, of the country, and you've got earthquakes in, in California, so pick your spot. I'll take a hurricane over a tornado any day, so I'm sticking around here. But health storms, financial storms, emotional storms, relational storms, there are storms that we need to be able to walk with God in the, in the midst of that. And the lovely thing is that God wastes nothing. He's not the author of storms. But he doesn't waste a storm. He'll make sure we grow in it. And so I always say the true flavor of the tea bag comes out in the hot water. So when, when you're in the thick of it and in the storm, let's see what colors come out. Amen. And when I was in the military, I had the privilege in 1977 to train guys. And I'd have 18-year-olds come into, come into the, the military base. And I would have 20 weeks to train them so they would survive on the front lines. And I was a professional at creating storms in their life. I was very good at creating storms in their life. I would, I would press them in such a way and push them. And, uh, and that's what we were trained to do. And to see their reactions and how they respond and sort out bad ad attitudes, bad habits, bad things, so that they would survive. We don't want you to fail in the front lines. And so I would do that. And I was telling the, the, the previous service that I would push the guys until, and they would, and puff and shout and complain and everything else, and I'll just push them more. And while they were just bellowing, I'll push them more. And eventually, after days and no food and stuff, they'd be suddenly quiet. And that's when my key was when they got quiet, you know, you're right at the edge. And then I would sit them down and I say, I want you to take note at this because when you're going through life or you're out there and you, you, you're getting pushed, remember what Corporal Palmer did to you. And pushed you to this point. And if you feel that you haven't got to that point, you know what point you can get to. And you understand that you can still get pushed even further. And I have done that in the ministry as well. I, we've been hurt and we've been you know, challenged. And so when we go through a hurt and everything else, we think, is this the worst we've done? Ugh, no, this is a walk in the park. We'll just keep on going. We pick up ourselves on the bootstraps and going. So we don't waste a storm. Use the storm and grow with it. And Scripture is full, full of um, advice on relationship. Practical advice, directional advice to help us journey through the storm. And so we, uh, we need to have um, an understanding. And I hope today I can give you some tools in your toolkit to be able to help you when you want to walk with God in, in these different storms. Now, faith mustn't be pie in the sky. Our faith needs to be steak on the plate. For the vegans, I was advised during the break, it's tofu on the plate, okay? So we don't pie in the sky. We need to have, sorry, steak on the plate rhymes better. Um, I want our faith to be um, something that, that's workable, that's, that's, that's 
um, in our, in our um, actions, not just a whole lot of theory. So um, that's what we've got to understand. That, and so in, our, in uh, living out our faith and every day, it, it's got to be real and it's got to be relational. And so um, it, we, I'm trying to, trying to just allow the Word of God to do that to you today. Because um, the Word of God, is uh, Jesus' words were spirit and they were life. He would say two words, follow me. And that guys would leave their inheritance, leave their family, leave their nets, leave their income and go. Why? Because they were spirit and life. And so I want those spirit and life words to touch you today so that you can journey forward with your walk with God. And so God's word is rock solid, helps us and gives us advice to live and learn. And I've titled today's message, Walking with God in the Chaos. In the Chaos. Can you still walk with God or are you thrown off balance or are you, are, are you going to lose your way? In the walk of this, all the crud and, and crazy and unclear and confusion and chaos, the clutter of this world, can you still walk with God? Can you walk with God and not be wavered and, and discouraged and, and be with these fair weather Christians that are, that, you know, they're up and then they're down and they're really down and they're really down and then they're really up. And and no, no, we've we got to be steady in, uh, instrument-rated Christians to be able to go through. And we're in a place where technology is really has got us by the nose. Technology has, has, um, has got, uh, uh, is influencing us. It's challenging us. Um, You've got to understand that it's, uh, it's so easy to seduce humanity now and control humanity. Just have a look at uh, COVID, how they could grab us by the nose and literally lead us into any direction they want. And so we've got to understand that we got to be aware that the enemy is out there and he wants to pull us into chaos to pull us away from our walk with God. And it's not going to happen on our watch. Amen. Amen. It's not going to happen on our watch. Amen. And God wants to instruct us from John 14 is where I'm going to be digging up. I want us to understand that God wants us to stay steady, steadfast. He wants us to be sane and sound in this, in this world, even when the, everything's going crazy around us. And sometimes... We, we, we realize that it, it, is, it is crazy out there. And John 14, 1, it says, let not your heart be troubled. So it, it, it's telling us that your heart can be troubled. And Jesus is saying, let not your heart be troubled. So if he's telling us, let not your heart be troubled, there must be a way of not letting our hearts be troubled. And it's important to understand that um, your, your, your heart is uh, an important part of your, your emotion, your, 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 your uh, character, your nature. Um, your, so so you, that's you, and you've you got to guard it. Um, and we're talking about our hearts, and, and we've got to know the difference between our hearts and our heads. Um, our heads are the things that, that um, cause the problem and affect our hearts and affect our emotions and affect our decision-making. So, um, but trouble in the Scripture, it says here, it means to, be sh- to shudder, to quake, to shake, to be upset. And you cause your heart to do that. And you lose your bearings, you lose your standing, you lose your testimony, you lose a lot of things when you start allowing trouble to take over when, when your heart um, is not set. And Proverbs 4.23, says, guard your heart with all diligence. I mean, you've got to guard it, protect it. Like you've got to have um, centuries that parked and saying, no, you can't, you can't go there. Why? Because you've you got your, your eye, your, your head, your, your head. Has got, is fed by your eye gate and your ear gate. You're reading things, seeing things, you're hearing things, and it affects your mind. But your mind mustn't affect your heart. 
because that's where you need to have the filter and, and not allow that to happen. And it says here in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, um, but take every thought captive and make it uh, obedient to Christ. You've got to put the filter on and say, God, no, 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 that's not God. That's not the way. No, I, I don't believe that. No, I'm not going to tolerate that. No, I'm not allowing myself to be, to be, to be persuaded that way. Because um, thoughts are neither right nor wrong, church. Thoughts will come. It's what we do with our thoughts that make it right or wrong. If we start responding to it and reacting to it and obeying it, they say, if, if a bird lands on your head, that's fine. Don't let it nest there. Which means that if you get a thought, thanks to the news, news people, they'll send you a thought. It doesn't have to rest there. Thoughts will come. And your emotions will try and, and, try and uh, your feelings will try and uh, sway your thoughts. But don't let that happen. Don't watch what you ponder on. Because it then goes down and soaks into your heart and then it affects you and causes trouble. Jesus would not have wasted instructions to his audience um, if trouble, uh, a troubled heart was uh, not an issue. Troubled heart is an issue and he wants us to be aware of it. Um, also, the, the audience needed instruction on how to walk forward and, and not be troubled. <clears throat> When, you, when, you, when people say, become a Christian and all your troubles will go away. That's the biggest joke out, eh? My, my troubles just added. My, my troubles just multiplied. My, my, my old way of thinking was clashing with my new way of thinking. My old way of, of behaving was messing with my new way of behaving. And uh, there's a whole lot of trouble. And Scripture doesn't tell you that, um, that if you become a Christian, you won't have trouble. There's no scripture in the Bible that says that. We understand that we're in a war zone, church. You've got to understand that we're in a war zone, and we need to um, understand that. Um, and Jesus, it's interesting that Jesus also had trouble. It says here in scripture in John 13, 21. Now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he explained, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. It troubled him that Judas, who he'd walked with and, and had meals with and, and, and included in his whole discipleship program, was going to betray him. It goes on there in, in 1336, John 1336, that, that Peter would, would deny him three times. It, it, it expresses that Jesus was troubled by this. But Jesus was able to keep it in its place and not allow it to affect his heart or affect his walk towards Calvary. Because, I mean, he got close to it in the Garden of Eden, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying there, and he says, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, please, but not my will, but your will. That's about very close to Jesus saying, listen, I, I want to throw in the towel here. But he didn't. He didn't allow that trouble to, 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 to consume him. And Jesus had to guard his heart to make sure. And like Peter, uh, Peter came up and said to him, no, you can't say that. You can't say they're going to crucify you. And then and Jesus had to rebuke him and said, get behind me, Satan. Sometimes you have to say, get behind me, Satan, with those thoughts. I'm not going to succumb to them. I'm not going to bow to them. And so in John 3, uh, 16, 33, he says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have trials and sorrows. So he's not mincing his words and saying it's going to be a, a, a nice ride on the French Rivera. So if you got that idea as a Christian, uh, 
I don't know what you're smoking, but it's not good stuff. You need to change it because you don't understand. But take heart because I have, beco- I have overcome the world. He's encouraging us that you can still walk with me in the chaos. So don't let trouble catch, you, catch us off God or affect our hearts. Trouble is part of the deal, part of the journey, part of our walk with God. So just make friends with it. Understand that trouble is going to come, but keep it in its place. Don't allow it to, 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 to paralyze you or affect you. And so in John 14, um, he wants to help his disciples. Um, trouble mustn't derail us, mustn't paralyze us, mustn't destroy us and cause us to collapse. And that's what it happens. And so it affects our walk with God. Um, and here are some thoughts. And there's four thoughts I want to leave with you from John 14. Um, and, and it's about understanding when you get into the chaos and you're getting into the confusion, you're getting onto that, I always say, stop and step back. Can we say that together just to wake you up? Because you guys are standing very still in your seats there. I don't know if you're awake. Stop and step back. You've got to stop and step back. Sometimes you get, you get sucked in before you stop and thinking, whoa, let me orientate myself. Let me stop and think why. And I don't want to get my, my thoughts going down that track. Oh, and, and you can feed it. And then you're allowing the thing to nest in your, in your head. And so it, it, it helps you guard your heart. When you say stop and step back, we were here in 1986 when the very first time we came here, we were in Minneapolis, woke up and there's just TV screens and alert warning, could be World War III. The president uh, went to sort out some delinquent uh, country, I think Libya or something, and bombed it and, um, and everybody is saying, this is the third world war and I could just see fear over everybody. I said, get yourself a life. Stop and step back. You realize that you're the biggest nation in the world and you're letting some whippersnapper across there think that they can push us around? I said, wake up, stop, step back and realize who you are. I've got to stop and step back sometimes and say, I'm a king's kid. You tangle with me, you're tangling with heaven. There's more to me than meets the eye. That's when I show them the ring. There's more to me than meets the eye. There's Valerie, be careful. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. So let's give, me the, let's give, me the, give you the first point. It's here it says, Jesus is telling us to believe in a person from John 14. Believe in a person. Put your eyes, take your eyes off the waves and put your eyes on Jesus. Understand Peter, that's what, what that got him to sink. When you start walking with God and keep your eyes on Jesus, then it helps you walk and stay in fellowship. But if you start looking at the waves and the wind, then it's, you, we're going to sink. So we got to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And verse 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. And he had to now speak to the audience that he was there. They knew about God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They knew about the God who um, they, they, they had the Sabbath, they had the feast, they had the, 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 all the, the religious environment. So they, they knew God. But they didn't know Jesus. Jesus was a new thing for them. And Jesus was declaring himself God, the same God that they've been worshiping. So, they, I mean, they couldn't. And you're talking about fishermen. You're talking about tax collectors. Then they're trying to put all this together. And, you, and you're really badgering the religious people. And so Jesus had to talk to them and says, you believe in God, that's great. But also believe in me because I'm the same. And it, and it must confuse them. It must have been really rattled their cage. And so... Um, so J- Jesus was now claiming to be God. And these disciples, they couldn't get the handle on it. They only got part of, the, part of it together after the resurrection. 
They could get it together with the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and, and it was challenging. But this word believe, I want you to understand that God is telling us, I want you to believe in the person of Jesus Christ. I want you to believe. What's that word believe? Believe, and if you read in the amplifiers, it says, I want you to adhere to, rely on, and trust in. That's what that word means. It's an action word. It's, it's man, I, I, I need to adhere to, rely on, and trust in Jesus. That's what I need to do. And, uh, and I've used this illustration before, and I can apologize that until I get a better one, you're getting this illustration again. Hallelujah. It's about, it's about a, a guy who used to, uh, was tightrope uh, tight walking over Niagara Falls. And, and the truth is, guys have done that. But this little guy was watching this guy going backwards and forwards all morning. And then that afternoon, he, he, the guy jumped off and had a chat with a young guy who knew was watching him the whole time. And, um, and, he, and he asked the young, youngster, he says, you think I can do it again? And he was walking across with a wheelbarrow, across and went across with a bar and everything else. The youngster says, of course, I've been watching you all day. He says, then get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> and get in the wheelbarrow. And so what I'm saying to you is that we need to believe in Jesus, get in the wheelbarrow. It's easy to say, yeah, 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 I believe in Jesus. No, get in the wheelbarrow. And let's, let's see how much you believe that when I'm in the chaos, I can hold steady because I'm in the wheelbarrow with Jesus. That's what you've got to really look at. Are we believing? Yes, you believe in God. Now believe in me. Trust in, rely on, and adhere to me, the Messiah. And, and, and he's, he promises not to fail. Um, you, can, you, you can rely on parents and, and people and politicians and preachers and, and peers, but I'm telling you what, they will disappoint you, but Jesus won't disappoint you. I, I'm talking about 47 years of walking with Jesus. Yeah, he may be a little slow in coming to the, to the answer, and, uh, and he's got the 11th hour and the last second before midnight before he actually answers, but he comes through, and God knows how to, to come through for us. And so we need to understand that. Putting our trust in finances and, and plans and promises and pledges and retirement and medical insurance, I'm, I'm journeying through that. Uh, it's it's, it's, it's a, a minefield. It's ridiculous. Um, and so I've got to put my trust in Jesus. So you bought me this 64 years. I might as well just hang in with you for the rest of it, you know. So um, that's what you've got to do. So don't let it rock your boat and mess up your walk with God. So... You can trust in Jesus. <laughs> Who trusts Jesus for their eternity and, and salvation? Who trusts Jesus for their eternity and salvation? How come we can't trust him for our everyday thing? I think it's a big deal trusting him for eternity. And you have no problem trusting him. But, but what is the problem of trusting him for his, the day-to-day -day thing? We've got to dial it in to real. Steak on the plate. Okay? We've tofu on the plate. Okay? Just, just not to mess the people around that have a different dietary situation here. But the first instruction is to trust the person. Stop, step back, and trust the person. Jesus said, I will walk with you in the chaos, in the storm, in the challenges, and in the pain. Because I paid for your sins, I am invested in you. That's what he's saying. Secondly, Jesus is telling us to believe in a place. Place. In, in, in John 14, 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And it's important that we see there, the place is heaven, the, the dwelling place is where his father is, and it's a mansion. 
heard this mom was trying to tell her son, saying, listen, earth is, this is heaven on earth. And I thought, I've got to cut a few pages out of my Bible because I didn't read it. I, I, there's no pain and no sorrow, no, 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 no heartache, no pain. All that is where heaven is. And I think this earth has got a whole lot of that other stuff, so it can't be heaven. So she's misinforming her boy, and that's sad. And Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I want you to understand that he's talking, this is John 14, before he gets to Calvary. It's important for us to understand that preparing the place for us is Calvary. It's one of the jobs he has to do, he's got to go to Calvary. Calvary is part of the preparation for you and I, so we can have a place in heaven. So you got to understand that part of the preparation was going to the cross, was being buried, being raised from the dead, and now sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's some of the, and, and the key part of the preparation that he was talking to the disciples when, when, the, when, he, when he answered this way. And you've got to understand that. And we're not talking about preparing brick and mortar. We're talking about preparing a place with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're talking about a relational God that doesn't want to be distant from us. He wants to be with us. And that's what we've got to understand. Jesus was securing the right of entry with the, his blood. And that was preparing a place for us. And so he's telling the, the, the hearers when he's, when he's talking these scriptures through, he says, I'm going to prepare a place so that we, you can be there with me. And so some will rise from the sleep having gone before us. And, and others will, will, will be alive and join the rest in the sky. That's what the scriptures tell, and I'm going to unpack that a bit more. But the heavenly Father is waiting for us. Um, um, home for us in, in Christ is heaven, and that's where we're going. And it's when you're in the chaos, and when you're in the turmoil, and when you're facing some, I mean, going through my heart issue, I didn't know. I could have popped off at any time, graduated, and headed on to my mansion in the sky. Um, but um, you've got to have that in, that, in that chaos, stay steady and stay walking with God. That's what you have to do, and it's and it's and it's not it's yeah it's a journey that we we don't always get right, but we need to we need to understand that he's with us and he's got a place. This world's not our home; we're passing through, so don't get too attached. When you shine your wheels and work on your little mansion on the ground earth, yeah, it's all going to pass away. I'm going to a better place. I'm going to be a good steward with what I have, but I ain't going to put all my investment in that. And so, firstly, believe in a person. Secondly, believe in a place. Third, must believe in the promise, in a promise. John 14, 3 says, And if, you go, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is giving us a promise that we who believe in him, walk with him, who go to sleep in him, will rise to meet with him, and he will take us home. That's the promise. And that's what he's telling us. Jesus will come with a shout, the archangel's voice, God's trumpet. He will come. And I want us to read the scripture to understand this is what Paul was telling the, the, the church in, in, in Thessalonians. Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead, and many translations said, asleep. In Christ will rise first. So those that have gone before us in Christ will rise first. Where are they? 
They're not in heaven because if they're in heaven, they would be there and Jesus would be coming down with them. No, no, they are asleep and they will rise with, at that time. The trumpet will wake them up and say, come on, wake up, shake a leg, come alive. Then we who are alive will and, and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. So for example, if that's going to happen at 3 p.m. today. I said it at the first edition, and they were traumatized because there's a kick. I didn't know that. There was, there's, some, there's some games happening this afternoon, kicking off at 3, 3 p.m. I'm just saying if the trumpet sounds at 3 p.m., I may be prophetic, but those that are asleep, are going to be there, and one second past three, we will join them. And you're going to miss the game. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> you could have an aerial view of it, but anyway, I did not know. <laughs> Jesus is telling his, his disciples, I'm coming back for you. And you know, no matter what crud I'm in or what challenge I'm in, I can stop, steady myself, and say, there's a person that absolutely loves me. He has, he's got a place for me, and he's coming back for me. And it steadies me and it drills me into a place of focus of walking stronger with him. And that's it's so important. And the key to this promise, church, is that he wants to be with us. Us wretched reprobates with miserable thoughts and bad attitudes. He wants to be with us. I, you know, you've got to get your head around that. That this loving God who's so perfect and pure and beautiful wants to be with us. You've got to make friends with that because it makes walking with him so much easier because we don't get it right, church. We don't. We don't glow in the dark. I switch the lights off and none of you glow in the dark. I know that because I know I don't glow in the dark. I'm supposed to. I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to glow in the dark. I don't. I put my shoes on just like you guys. My trousers on just like you guys. Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. The King of Kings. You don't understand this in a democratic country. But the king of kings loves us. It's, 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 it's a heavy one. Jesus, seven, uh, John 17, uh, 24, it says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. That's Jesus' prayer before he goes to the cross. He says, well, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going through the cross to the other side. I'm going to be at the right end of the Father, and I want those that you've given me. And all of us that have said yes to Jesus is what he's talking about. And, he says, and so that is, 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 is what his heart's cry as he goes. Love has promised us that he's coming back to get us. I cannot stress, I cannot stress enough how much he loves us. And, and Jesus wants us to believe in four things. A person, a place, a promise, and, and the last point I want to leave you with, Jesus tells us to believe in a, in a plan. He has a plan. We're part of the plan. You jump in the wheelbarrow, you're part of his plan. And the lovely thing is the plan's in motion. The plan got into motion the, right after he was raised from the dead. He says, that's it. We're off to the races. And I'm, I can gather my people. They can come on home. I've made a way for righteousness to be their portion, and we can get in the wheelbarrow, and let's get on with it. He has a plan, and that's what he wants, wants us to be encouraged. And so when we're going through all the challenges, all the chaos, 
we can still walk with him because we are in, the, in his plan. And the key is we got to stay in the plan, okay? I know because when, sometimes when all the trouble comes, you want to bail from the plan. No, stay steady. Let me read you the plan. 14.4 through 6. Where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas said, stop the bus. Hold your horses. Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? I mean, Thomas just jumps in there, interrupts Jesus while he's now preaching. Like sometimes Val interrupts me. She just jumps in and comments something and disrupts my thinking. Yeah, Thomas says that. He says, oh, don't, we don't have the GPS coordinates. We do not have the street address. What do you mean we know where you're going? And he says to him, Jesus stops and it's, looks at, Peter, at, at, at Thomas and he says, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. I am the plan. This is it. I am the plan. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying it's simple. I am the plan and follow me. You know, and when we're trying to get directions, and obviously that's what Thomas was doing. He was trying to get directions, saying, Jesus, listen, I, I don't want to get left behind, but I, I need to be clued up. I need to know where to go. And, and Jesus tells him. I tell you what, getting directions is, is sometimes a challenge. And getting directions, especially in a foreign nation, in Tokyo we are asking for directions because I couldn't work out the chicken scratch writing. I couldn't work it out, no matter what. Um, yeah, so asking for directions is a challenge. In Africa, it's more of a challenge. Their culture is just, you know, it's just interesting. And I asked for direction. Abbas, Iduzi, Iduzi, Iduzi. And I say, okay, it's close. That's what, it, that's what it means. It's close. It's okay. And so you go for half an hour. No, it's Iduzi, hour and a half. Iduzi, it's close. It's close. I mean, you're thinking, how close is this? An hour and a half? I'm sure it's close, eh? But just that's because that's their culture. And when you ask for a direction and, the, and it says, and you've got, you got to take the first right and, and then the second left and then you cross the square and, and when you pass the church, it's the third road on the right and the fourth place on the left. And I'm thinking, I'm lost already. I'm totally, uh, that, that's me. I'm out of the game already. And that's what sometimes religion does to us when religion is preached. You've got to wear a tie. You've got, you got to wear a suit and you've got to preach King Jimmy. King James. Well, I'll be lost. I would not be even, I'm, I'm barely working out the proper English and the easiest translation there is. I'm trying to work it out. Never mind the these and the thou's and all the other stuff. And so you get all these hoops you've got to jump through and, and confession box and all these things you've got to jump through. And, uh, but Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the truth and the life. And so we're getting all these religious directions and sometimes we have to unbundle all that. But the best is when the person says, when I ask for direction, and it happened in Tokyo. You go to Tokyo Station, it's 14 levels of stations underneath each other. I don't know how deep it is down there, but it's a long way down there. And so I'm, I'm trying to work it out. We've got a ticket, but I don't know where this train is, which direction, what color, whatever. And so eventually this guy looks like a train driver comes past, and I asked him, and he understood. He walked with us down the escalators, Cross this way, down that level. It felt like about a half a mile. So he, was took, he stood right at the door, and he, he says, this is it. 
and then he had to go back and catch his train so that he was driving, I presume, because he had taken us all the way. But it is so much nicer when somebody says, oh, I'll get in the car and I'll take you there. Well, I'll show you. Jesus is doing that. How do I get there, Jesus? He says, I'll jump on board. I'll take you there. And he's been doing that for 47 years with me. He jumps on board and he says, I'll take you there. I know the way to the dad. I know the truth and I know that it's life and you would love it. And that's how I journeyed with God. And so God is wanting us just to understand that, that he has a plan and he is the plan. And so we need to walk, walk in, the, in, in the full understanding. And when we tell people about the Christian faith and we say that no man comes to the Father except through Jesus, they say, you're so exclusive. They don't know how inclusive that is. I mean, you can come a wretched, filthy, disgusting sinner to the door of Jesus, and he says, come on in. We'll, we'll clean you up while you go. Come on in. I know it's a whole lot of other religions, boy, you ain't going to get a pole distance from their front door until you clean your act up. God says, just come like you are. We'll sort it out as we go, because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We'll, we'll help you out, because he knows we can't sort it out ourselves. We're a bunch of rubbishes. We need to sort ourselves out. And when God comes on board, then we become something. There's no good in us. So, hallelujah. Believers, can't allow the world to temper that belief that Jesus is the way. Don't let them dilute it. Don't let them water it down. We've got to stay true that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so the, the, the scriptures double down on this and continue to tell us that Jesus is the only way. It's not like there's a once-off and one-only scripture. In, in Acts 4, 12, it says, this, there is salvation in no one else. God has, has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Red writing. 1 Corinthians 3, 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God... One mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Well, two or three witnesses, it's done by our Father in heaven. There's three witnesses in the scriptures, it says there. And so we can't make up our own walk with God and our own way with God. No, he's given us a roadmap. He's given us instructions. He is God Almighty. It's not us to tell him how we're going to walk with him. And the way we're going to walk with him. But I tell you what, it's super pleasant when you realize how nice it is to walk with him. I tell you, it is, there's nothing like a church walking with an almighty God that absolutely loves you. And he lets you into secrets when you get close with him. And he tells you, and, you, and when you read the scriptures, he tells you stories more than what you've heard from the preacher. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that is the God that I love and I serve and I just want to be with. Bible instructs us that man has, thinks he has, a, has his own. It says here in Proverbs 12, let me just read the script. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends the way, the way of death. The plan has been set. No Jesus, no way. Access denied if it's not Jesus. And it's not harsh. It's super easy and absolutely amazing. You can be good, generous, serve the church, be deacon, elder, ordained, and miss heaven. Because I didn't know you. Who are you? Got a badge, big deal. Got a theology degree. 
fantastic. But you don't know me. You don't know me. You've been off in left field. I don't know where you've been. You've left the reservation. And Jesus is saying, come on home. And when we stand before the Lord one day, the question will not be about what you did, what you earned, or what you accomplished. He's going to ask you one question. What did you do with my son Jesus? Did you accept him or did you reject him? Did you have a relationship with him? Was he Lord and Savior? Because if you get that right, the rest follows. You walk in the sweet place of his purpose, his will, which is what you were designed for. I always say that if somebody, if he used a big, huge a caterpillar starter motor for the mechanics in our, in, our, in our midst to hold a door open, the designer would be totally hacked off with you because it wasn't designed to hold the door open. It was designed to start a massive engine. And here, what God has designed you to be and do, you're missing it by a mile because you're not walking with him. And he's encouraging us. Don't let chaos and disturbance and clutter and all those things take you away from your design and your purpose. So when he faces you one day, he can say to you, well done, you good and faithful servant. That's what God is wooing us to today. And it's just those four things. First, you know the person. We've spoken about Jesus a whole lot in this church. That, that you know, there is, there is a place, there's a promise, and there's a plan. And if I can stop Step back in the chaos and say, God, you love me. You got this. I'm on the journey. I can't see, the, can't see it to the end. Why? Right now. But I, I know that there's a promise. And I know I, I said yes to the plan. I got into the wheelbarrow. And so that's, that's all that I need to know because he'll carry me through. Amen. Amen. I hope the word encourages you today. That man, in the chaos and all the clutter, we can still stop honing and be close to God and walk with Him. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, You are amazing. Yet You love us. In all our craziness, in all our clutter, and all the chaos, You've still made a way where we can walk with You and talk with You. And so, Father, we just thank You for Your Word that encourages us today. It allows us to be aware that you're not far. You're right with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. In all the storms and all the things that are happening on planet Earth, you're right with us. Jesus, you're the anchor of our soul. You're the lover of our soul. And we say thank you. Thank you that you went to Calvary to make a way for a place where we can go. And so, Father, thank you. Father, thank you, Holy Spirit, that by your Holy Spirit, that you would work amongst us and allow the word to challenge us so that we would be aware that sometimes this world clutters us and stops us from walking close with you, and that we may, may need to make some adjustments. And if that's you, just 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 have a chat with the Father and say, Father, man, I have issues. And I have allowed trouble into my heart, and it's taken me and derailed me, and paralyzed me, and discouraged me.
But we serve a God that's the lifter of our head. And he says, come on, my girl. Come on, my boy. We got this. I'll jump on board and I'll take you there. And some of you in the sound of my voice and even those that are watching online, and you may say, well, I've never invited Jesus into my life. I've never jumped in. I've never gotten to the wheelbarrow. I know all about the wheelbarrow. I know that, but I have never gotten into the wheelbarrow. Well, I want to just lead you in prayer and ask the church to just to, to join us and invite Jesus on board. Invite Jesus and say, Jesus, take the wheel. And he will come in and wine with you and dine with you and walk with you and lead you on the way with truth and with life. And if that's you, just pray this prayer as we pray it out loud as a church. And say, Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God, that you died on the cross for me. You paid for my sins. Today, I thank you for forgiving my sins. I receive you as Lord. Today, I get in the wheelbarrow, Lord. Thank you that you're my Lord and my Savior. Today, in Jesus' name, amen. You know what the good news is? If I'm prophetic and 3 p.m. is something actually happening... All you guys that prayed the prayer, you're good to go. <laughs> Hallelujah.